Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. We're in suspended animation. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of like New Year's Day. Nothing, there's nothing to do other than wait. Yeah, you got to work, you got to get through the day, but uh, we're all kind of waiting until uh, we get this country back, right? We're going to get this country back, right? Right, right? Uh, I really hope so. Did you do your part? I already voted. You got to go out and vote. Yes, I'm worried about them cheating, but I did vote. And it was a very pleasant experience. You know, I never really felt comfortable with the early voting it's one thing if you're absentee and you're doing it in the military or something like that, but just voting early, and especially some states, they send the ballots to you and you don't even ask for them. That doesn't seem right. But I voted, and it was a very pleasant experience in the uh, gymnasium of some elementary school. And I go in there, and uh, it's not crowded, but it's not empty either. You know, a fair number of people voting. It was, when time did I do this? Like nine thirty, ten o'clock or so. And... um the poll workers were very, very nice. One of them actually recognized me from my old show, Good Day New York. And I, I uh, wonder if she got, has gotten wind of my new political uh, persona back on Good Day New York. You know, just it was not kind of an apolitical show. And uh, but this is different and uh, it's a different time. And I feel very, very passionate about this stuff. Uh, you know how I voted. I told everybody, quite frankly. I even put it on social media. I put my actual ballot on social media. I filled it out uh, for Lee Zeldin, uh, let's see, Joe Pinion, and a couple of other Republicans. Uh-oh, I don't know who they are, who they were. Um, one guy is running for some office. His name is Mafia, M-A-F-F-I-A. I voted for him. I hope he's a good guy. I just, um, uh, so Lee Zeldin. Oh, Joe Pinion, of course. I voted for Joe Pinion. He's running against Schumer. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just can't emphasize. Well, everybody was nice. There are a few buts. Uh, this is just a little side note, but I think it's emblematic of something. They gave me a pen. You know, they're handing out these pens that are two-sided. One has a, well, two-function. You have to sign your name on an iPad. So it's it's designed for that. It's got a little rubber tip, and then you can uh, press it, and a little pen stick comes out so you can fill in the ovals. The pen disintegrated about three blocks away from the place. It just broke apart. It is the cheapest pen. I, I mean, it. New York City bought these pens, and I, I disposable pens, it did not. It's. I've got a thing for pens. I really like them, and I think we, uh, whoever bought these pens got totally ripped off. I just, I, you can't tell me they made this pen. It's made out of metal for one shot. You just vote, and that's it. They're supposed to break. I don't think so. Then the uh, the ballot itself, oh, man, this is um, – somebody's up to something. I'm sorry. This is just – I had trouble understanding it. I had trouble understanding it. I had trouble seeing it. I had trouble reading it. Um, you can look at this. I put it on social media, at Greg Kelly USA. Um, first of all, 
It's just not clear. It was in the machine. You pull one lever. This, you've got a bunch of ovals, and the ovals are incredibly small. And you know where it says pick one? It's microscopic. It's literally microscopic. I would say probably eight people out of ten have trouble seeing that. You know, there was one point in my life where I had 2015 vision, better than 2020 vision. There is such a thing, apparently. I don't know what it is now. I don't wear glasses, but I'm probably going to need them at some point. And I could not I could not read it. And then the other strange thing is, um, hey, what's the second language of America? Do we have a second language officially? Do we even have an official language? I don't think so. Everything is done in English, sometimes Spanish, right? Right? Okay, fair enough. When you take a citizenship test, if you came here from another country, I believe that citizenship test is given in one language, English, right? Okay, so why are there Chinese characters all over my ballot? Every name has a tr- Chinese translation. Thomas DiNapoli, Letitia James, Michael Henry. Oh, I voted for Michael Henry, too. I know I gave him a hard time uh, because his website was so lame. But, look, we got bigger fish to fry, and we got to get, uh, what's her name, Letitia James out of there. And I think Michael Henry could do it. Now, apparently, he's a good guy. Again, the uh, the website was woefully uh, inadequate, but that's fine. Every, that That's not on him. Voted for Lee Zeldin and Allison Esposito. Can anybody tell me what the hell they're doing with a? Uh, these have got to be Chinese characters. That's what they look like. Uh, possibly Japanese. I can't really tell the difference. Sorry, I can't, at least when it comes to the language. And I think we have a much greater Chinese population than Japanese population in New York City. Why the hell would that be on the ballot? Not Spanish? I just found that odd. Uh, I also cannot believe how small these ovals were. And possibly because I do remember screwing this up when I was in uh, fourth grade and they give you the aptitude test, not the SAT, but some other tests. They come in with these state tests that you got to take. And I remember filling it out wrong. And I remember Mrs. Gillespie in my fourth grade class at Stewart School on Long Island going ballistic on me. I mean, just ballistic because I filled out the uh, the thing incorrectly. I did not. Anyway, I could see somebody screwing this up. Totally. And it has nothing to do with intelligence. It's like we don't fill out these kinds of forms every day. Most of us don't even use a pen any ever. We're just online. And it says pick one. But it's so damn small. I'm going to measure it, actually. It literally is, I would say, millimeters. We're talking how many millimeters are in a centimeter? Ten. I would say that this is two millimeters, Two millimeters wide, uh, uh, vertical, two two millimeters max. Pick one. Now, what's up with that? Some people might, oh, I like the conservative party, I'll pick that. And I like the Republican party, I'll pick that. Oh, I like the liberal party, I'll pick that. I like the working families party, I'll pick that. Because the the hacks, you know, the people who live, eat, and breathe politics, uh, who work in that field, they know how this stuff is... uh, they designed it themselves for their friends. I don't know. You know, you talk about unions. I was thinking about this this morning. What's the big deal about a union anyway? You know, I've been in a couple of different unions. They wouldn't tell me how to vote. I wouldn't listen to them. They, I have no idea. None. Zero. What, 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 what do I give a damn what the union leadership is voting for? By the way, one of the unions is pretty good. SAG-AFTRA. Screen Actors Guild. I am a member. 
Uh, I'd imagine that they, they take political positions. I don't know what they are. I don't care what they are. I mean, I want them to uh, whatever. Whatever they do, they do. I get my health care plan there. I like it. Um, but maybe the unions, they're adept at telling their people exactly how this goes down. I'm telling you, there is a major, major issue with this stuff, and I don't like it. I really don't. Now, I'm not claiming fraud or anything like that, but I am claiming that they made it they made it high maintenance and it's unnecessary. And the stupid pen is just the icing on the cake. I'm sorry. Uh great people in that polling place and I I don't know, I hope they're getting paid. Are they volunteers? Just had the most pleasant experience. But then I got to the ballot and I'm like, I don't know. Oh boy. Uh-oh. Fingers crossed. Lee Zeldin, we need him so much. We need him so bad. Uh, who else am I rooting for? You know, Dr. Roz, Herschel Walker, Carrie Lake in Arizona, uh, Tudor Dixon in Michigan, uh, J.D. Vance in Ohio. There's some woman named Smiley in Washington State. Apparently she's got a chance. Leora, Lenora, Levy in Connecticut. Wouldn't it be great if we knock out Blumenthal? Joe Pinion here in New York State, take out Chuck Schumer once and for all. Uh, this is great stuff. Kathy Hochul ran a terrible campaign, totally tone deaf. You see people going out of their way. By the way, it was a pain to vote. I got it. It was kind of a pain to get there. I, I didn't want to do it. I, I I didn't want to. do You got to do it. I don't know if somebody who's leans Democrat is going to go through the trouble. I hope they don't. Quite frankly, I hope they don't. You know. By the way, if you don't want to vote, you don't have to vote. I'm not one of these guys who says, "Well, this time I think you really should. You owe it to us. You owe it to America. It's that important." But there have been other elections that I've skipped where the choice wasn't clear enough or the issues weren't compelling enough. I have, but this is not one of those elections. Um, what else about that? I think uh, last night I kind of summed up my reasons. I'm not trying to sell anybody, at least in my TV show last night. You know, if you haven't made up your mind, that's all on you. I just went through the reasons why I'm voting the way I'm voting. And one of the reasons, actually, you know the, how the Democrats are always talking about democracy is on the ballot? In a weird way, I agree with them, uh, not the way they mean it, but I do believe that democracy is a is a thing uh, that is kind of teetering, could go either way. Now, these people pretend they like democracy. They hide behind the word democracy, but there's nothing democratic about these people. Cut 27. Our democracy as we know it is on the ballot. I think democracy is on the ballot. Democracy is on the ballot. You know, democracy is on the ballot. In 2022, democracy is on the ballot. So I guess it is. A free country they want to take away from us. They do. Democracy is on the ballot. They are opposed to it. Joe Biden is actually opposed to it. It took me a long time to get there, actually, because I thought, how could Joe Biden, you know, how could he have, how could he not be following through on all those promises he made? I mean, remember that promise about uniting us? Cut 31, please. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And also remember how he said he would never lie to us, right? He was always going to, uh, you know, just speak, speak straight. Cut 32. Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you. Right, 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 right. A uh, natural born liar. All right. But going back to the unity thing, 
I actually think he is about unity, but not unity as you and I think about it. Like unity kind of means, all right, well, we're all Americans. We're all going to get along. You know, we may have our differences of opinion. I think they want to stamp out the opposition. I really do. Unity, as in one, as in uniform, as in one way of thinking, one school of thought. That's the unity they like. And they also like the idea of dismantling America because, quite frankly, you know how you and I, you know, we have patriotic feelings. They think that's very kind of corny and stupid. They really do. They see the planet Earth as one one globe, one Earth, global, globalism, one globe, globalism. That's what they want. They want one planet under one form of government. I do believe that. Some of them don't know that that's the ultimate plan. I don't know if Joe Biden does or does not, actually. But some days he does, some days he doesn't. Um, But democracy is on the ballot. America, as we know it, is on the ballot. I think we're going to win. However, they may cheat. They may do it again. Now, is that undermining democracy right there, expressing my concern that they may cheat? You know, they actually say that kind of stuff. Anyway, I want to tell you a little bit more about that and then tell you how Paul Newman, Paul Newman himself, what he might say on this election day. Paul Newman, the great actor, when I come back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello, that's me. Um, all right, we're back. And uh, one more thing about the democracy. I am uh, I'm worried about it. They say I can question the election of 2020. That's somehow undermining democracy. They want to stop our speech, stop our talk. Joe Biden said out loud that it is the talk that has led to uh, the violence, all the violence everywhere. Right. All the violence from the right. There is no violence from the right. It's all coming from the left. But uh they don't, uh, no, no, they won't acknowledge that. And uh, what happened to Paul Pelosi is because guys like you and me are curious about the uh, 2020 election. Of course not. It's ludicrous. Totally ludicrous. What the hell happened there? Uh, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Pelosi actually spoke to Anderson Cooper yesterday. Uh, that was something. Uh, look, for me, it's uh, democracy. Yes, the kind of country I want to live in, you want to live in. I think we should be able to question things. I also think that people should not be judged for their uh, race and for their gender, okay? That goes for everybody. That goes for uh, a 17-year-old pansexual Hispanic person, and it also goes for a white woman. Oh, boy, white women have been so demonized. You better watch yourself if you're a white woman, okay? You, you stand up to your, for yourself. You know, that used to be, you go, girl, right? Yeah, big, big. We love that. We love women who assert themselves until about eight seconds ago, where if you assert yourself and um, question somebody who feels ever so slightly offended, you're in trouble. I still can't believe this. All right. They call her the St. Louis Karen. It's a poor woman uh, going into her condominium complex, and she has a key. She has a key to get in. There's some guy in the vestibule who doesn't. And he wants to go in behind her. She has a problem with that. I think women have been assaulted before by strangers in the ground floors of apartment buildings and elsewhere in an apartment building, right? 
Some stranger gets in by following somebody inside. So you stop that. You don't want it to happen. Well, David Muir, I can't just blame David Muir, the entire fake news freaked out. That one white woman dared question somebody about their identity, whether or not they lived in the house. And you know what the problem was, right? Well, the individual who was questioned was a black man. And apparently that's illegal to do. You, uh, no, 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 no. Especially if you're a white woman, cut 34. The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Oh, my God. I've never heard of such a thing. Actually, it happened to me about a month ago. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, uh, I have no problem with that. I have no problem doing it. Uh, you live here for sure? Yeah, I've never seen you before. I don't care what the hell you look like. If I haven't seen you, uh, I'm not going to let you in the building. That's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, there's no problem with that. It's not great. How about Amy Cooper? Anybody remember this poor woman? She happens to be white. She happens to be a woman. She happens to be a dog walker in Central Park. And some weirdo, nasty jerk uh, says, you got to put your dog on a leash. And if you don't, I'm going to harm you and your dog. That's what Mr. Cooper said. His name is Cooper as well. Can't remember his first name. Uh, And he took out his video and he filmed this woman having a total breakdown because he just threatened her. Cut 35. So she was pretty scared. Isn't it amazing that everybody in the world took the side of some creep and his camera? Nobody asked, well, why was she so upset? Oh, well, she mentioned African-American male. That means it's racist. No, it doesn't. You call 911, the first thing they're going to ask you if you if it's about a person is, is the guy white? Is the guy black? Asian? What? They want to know that description. She loses everything because of this. He gets his own TV show. And he actually did threaten her. He admitted as much on his silly Facebook page. She gets canceled. He gets a TV show. I don't want to live in that kind of country. Do you? Get out and vote. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so on Election Day, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing, really. If it works well, if it works the way it's supposed to work, the way it's worked basically all of our history, right up until 2020, I do believe that they took advantage of COVID and they rearranged the rules and regulations and uh, they broke the law. Yes, they did, definitely, certainly in Pennsylvania, in uh, Wisconsin, the ballot drop boxes, all kinds of things violated the law, but they did it anyway. And uh, so I have concerns about the fairness of the election, and I have concerns about this one. I hope everything comes off. But Election Day is a beautiful thing because, theoretically, it is about us, the people. We decide, not some panel on CNN 
You know, not Fox News, us, the people. That's the way it, that's kind of a beautiful thing. Anyway, it made me think of a movie that I liked, uh, The Verdict with Paul Newman came out in the early 80s, 81, 82 maybe. Um, Paul Newman is a kind of a down-on-his-luck lawyer. He'd been screwed over by life, basically. And he's representing a woman who was a family of a woman who was mistreated by a hospital. And she became a vegetable. And the hospital is very rich, very powerful, very well-connected. they got the best lawyers in the world. And uh, Paul Newman is, you know, kind of a drunk, not doing too well in life. But he's a good man. And the other side cheats. They cheat. They're cheating the entire trial. And they have cut this guy off at the pass every single time. They've, 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 they've managed to get the judge to throw out all the key witnesses. And anyway, but he's on the right side here. All right. And we're all rooting for Paul Newman. And this is part of his closing argument. The trial is essentially over. Now it's his last time to pitch the jury. And he kind of says, you know what? We're just people. And sometimes life really stinks. Uh, But listen to this. Cut 36. For today, you are the law. You are the law. Not some book. Not the lawyer's. Not a a marble statue or the trappings of the court. See, those are just symbols of our desire to be just. They are, they are in fact a prayer. Fervent and a frightened prayer. Uh, I could listen. I could watch that movie fifteen times in a row. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And I think it kind of applies. He's saying to the jury, "Look, this is on you. Forget about you know the symbols, the the book, the law. The I mean the law, but you guys are the law. You. It's your turn, and it's our turn. The Washington Monument." Some dopey campaign commercial. Joe Scarborough and Mika. It's not them. It's us. It's us. The simple act of voting. Which, oh, by the way, they made a hell of a lot more complicated lately. Notice that? So, I think it's a beautiful way to look at things. It's a wonderful opportunity. Hey, by the way, the verdict, which you should watch if you haven't seen it. In that scene, you can look out into the uh, courtroom spectators. And one of them is Bruce Willis. Just He's a, just a, an extra in the movie. Just, just one of like 50 people sitting in the audience. Bruce Willis is back there. Um, great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you, Paul Newman. What an actor. Hey, what a businessman, too. Did you know uh, Newman's own? Like made him a billionaire. I thought it was supposed to be nonprofit, but uh, they made a hell of a lot of money off of that, and good for them. All right, have you guys voted? I certainly hope so. Uh, Barbara, oh, Barbara, Professor Barbara, we'll call you our erudite listener in Huntington. Did you vote? 
Well, I am driving back from New Jersey. I just went across the George Washington Bridge, and I'm on the Cross Bronx. All right, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. No problem. Take it easy. Uh, you sound like you, you're going to make it. That's plenty of time to get to Huntington. I am. I am. And I was inspired, and I want to share that with you and your listeners by something Samuel Adams said that's particularly appropriate on Election Day. All right. And he said, are you ready? He said, the liberties of our Constitution must be defended at all hazards. We receive them as fair inheritance from our worthy ancestors who purchased them for us with toil and danger and expense of treasure and blood. Eh, that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, does it? I prefer give me liberty or give me death. Who said that? Was that Sam Adams, too? And there's more to it than that, because uh. it took me a long time to memorize it. But our founders spoke so well and so clearly about our liberties and how important they are. And we have become complacent and compliant and lazy. Hey, so- wait a second. <laughs> we... We're working our asses off out there. Who? Who's we? Come on. Uh, no, I know what you're saying, I think. Uh, Barbara, I, these are smart guys. Our founding fathers were great men. Uh, but today is today, and get out to vote. Uh, who's lazy, exactly? Right, right. Well, those who say <laughs> I, my vote doesn't matter. Well. Those who say I can't be bothered going to vote. My son-in-law left his house an extra hour early to go vote before he took the train to work. That's the kind of people that we need who understand how important their vote is. I I understand, but look, it is an option. It is optional. It's an option. And you know who has a you know who has a hundred percent voting? Iraq, under Saddam Hussein. You know places like that. Uh, I highly urge people to vote, especially now and especially for Lee Zeldin. But anyway, uh, you're talking on a higher plane, as usual, Barbara, but I get it. I get it. Um, what were you doing in New Jersey? I was visiting friends in uh, a town right next to Bedminster. I was in Far Hills, New Jersey, which is super beautiful. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right, well, look, safe drive, and uh, we got to make sure Barbara Barbara gets to vote. We have a feeling who she's voting for. Um, although I never asked you about Schumer. Are you going to vote for that guy? I hope not. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, time to send him home. 40 years, 40-plus 40 years, way too much. Thank you, Barbara, very, very much. Samuel Adams. Wait a Oh, shoot, we lost her. Samuel Adams. Other than the beer, what is he known for? What was his big thing? What was his big thing? He was the give me liberty, give me death thing. Um. Barbara was kind of humoring me there a little bit, kind of brushing me aside. <laughs> right, right. And another thing, uh, I don't blame her. She is a total, total brainiac and uh, kind of all self-taught. Uh, Charles in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Charles, hi. Hello, Greg. How are you? All right. Good. So I wanted to talk about the Pelosi uh, break-in. Uh-huh. Uh, you've done a lot of good work on it. Thank um, you. Uh, there were three or four recent prosecutions of police officers in, in San Francisco, uh, three of them by Bodine, who is now recalled. And uh, one is still pending. Uh, All right. Fortunately, uh, they didn't uh, – they weren't successful in uh, 
in convicting the police officers, but they gave him a hard time, of course. Well, what did the police and, officers do? You know, sometimes cops make mistakes. It does happen. I mean, in San Francisco, I mean, in the Pelosi break in. All right. So they, get to the point about what do you got to say here? The, the, the police were there before he attacked uh, the, the perp attacked uh, Pelosi. Yes, we know that. So why didn't they intervene and stop the uh, the attack? Well, they saw it right in front of them. I mean, I can understand. I mean, it's, it is it is an interesting uh, observation, and you're not the first to make it, to be sure. But uh, the cops get there. You know, we've heard about de-escalation now for two or three years, right? The cops must learn how to de-escalate. They must de-escalate. Uh, well, they get there, and uh, they put a flashlight. <laughs> anyway, the violence really starts once they get there. I don't blame the cops on that one, all right? It was a bizarre situation. Who the hell knows what was going on between Pelosi and uh, the pape, all right? I'm not going to blame the cops. However, the boss of the cops, his name is Charles, what the hell is his name? Bill Scott. Bill Scott. Chief Bill Scott. Now, I'm going to play you something, Charles. Stand by here. The first clip you're going to hear is Chief Scott talking about Pelosi getting his head bashed in uh, the other night. And he's a big city chief, all right? He's been a cop for 30 years. They've seen it all, right? Does this sound a little overly emotional, right? A cop who's probably seen, you know, dismembered bodies. Listen to how emotional he sounds. Go ahead. Our elected officials are here to do the business of their cities, their counties, their states, and this nation. Their families don't sign up for this to be harmed. And it is wrong. And everybody should be disgusted about what happened this morning. With that, we will take any questions and we will only answer what we can answer. Okay, stop there. Man, that guy was about to cry about Paul. Pl- Very few people have seen this, by the way, because it was Friday night. Everybody saw the, sat- the Friday morning press conference. Very few people have seen this one. He's about to cry? Why? Because Paul Pelosi uh, got a cut on his head? Whatever. I mean, it's a he's a big city police chief. Four stars. And I watched it over the weekend. Because I've been looking at everything in the public record, and I'm like, there's something wrong with his reaction. It's an overreaction. It's over the top. What do we all agree? Oh, who the hell loses it like that? You know, I'm sorry. I mean, look, I was in the military. I've seen people die. I've seen all kinds of things. I've seen blood and guts. This guy sees it all the time, day in and day out. It's what they do. Sorry. And here's proof, by the way, that this is what they do and that... He is a tough cop, and he gets it, and this isn't his first rodeo. Because I found a press conference from June, four months ago, and you know what he's talking about? A string of homicides, people getting killed. One by a serial killer, they made arrests in a string of murders, stabbing deaths. And you're going to hear it's a part of a news report, and you'll hear Chief Scott. Tell me how, tell me how emotional he seems here, Okay. I think you'll notice the difference. Go ahead. Can you continue with that? And while there have been multiple arrests in just a few short days, the police chief says there still is a lot of work to be done. Turning to the public. You know, these these arrests, 
happen in quick succession, and we wanted to make sure we got that information out, but we also need the public's help. San Francisco has seen 20 homicides so far this year. While we have the public's attention, we want to make sure we take advantage of that, and if anybody has anything that they can provide that helps these investigations or any others, I think it's a good opportunity. Tara Campbell, ABC7 News. Hey, we got these dead people, and if anybody has any information, give us a call. You know where to find us. Hear the first one one more time. The first one. (laughs) Remember, nobody died here. Paul Pelosi's already home from the hospital. Our elected officials are here to do the business of their cities, their counties, their states, and this nation. Their families don't sign up for this to be harmed. And it is wrong. And everybody should be disgusted. Oh, man, I should have been disgusted. About what happened this morning. With that. Keep it together, Chief. We will take any questions, and we will only answer what we can answer. And? And while there have been multiple arrests in just a few short days, the police chief says there still is a lot of work to be done. Turning to the public. You know, these, these arrests happened in quick succession, and we wanted to make sure we got that information out, but we also need the public's help. San Francisco has Pretty seen normal. 20 homicides so far 20 this year. Homicides. While we have the public's attention, we want to make sure we take advantage of that, and if anybody has anything that they can provide that helps these investigations or any others, I think it's a good opportunity. Tara Campbell, ABC 7 News. If anybody has anything, give us a call. How about that, Charles? Notice anything? I think that's pretty wild. I think um, that's really wild and really telling, and something is up, right? I agree, but would something should have been done, though, when the cops... All right, thanks, the... Charles. I, I mean, something should have been done what? I don't know, I, but they could maybe shoot them. Maybe what? Shoot, if he didn't drop the hammer. Uh, shoot, just start shooting. Just start well, shooting. Shoot, him. shoot everybody. Just shoot. Put the hammer, well, shoot. Shoot, okay, just the... shoot. Charles, that's a bad idea. Just shoot everybody. That's what the, that's what the cops. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. I look forward to your next observations with great eagerness and advice. Maybe you should have shot him. Uh, let me just get one. Can I get one more? Because this guy, Dan in Bergen County. Hi, Dan. Uh, what'd you think of that? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of scary when he's. Talking about shooting everybody. What'd you think of the but, chief's tone, right? Yeah. Oh, you you were spot on. First of all, I want to thank you for your service. Number one. Number two, uh, you're a patriot, a true patriot. And if you don't run for uh, president in 2024 <laughs> or not 2024, maybe 2028, uh, I might not be lo- alive long enough for you to be running. But I would love to see you run. Why? How old are you? I'm 70, but I've got some heart problems, and uh, the heart's pumping well, but the arteries aren't all that great. So, uh, shoot. Uh, hey, have you gone to a plant-based diet? Yes. Yes, yeah. I, I, I switched over. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm, getting, what I'm getting at is this police chief, if it was just an average guy and it wasn't Nancy Pelosi's husband, would he have reacted the same way? Would, would the chief have? Yeah. Yeah, of course not. I mean, he's, I think he was talked to, you know, I, I, they're trying to milk this thing. By the way, I went back also, keep this in mind. When Gavin Newsom was up for his uh, recall, remember that? Guess who yep. was 
Guess who was palling around them at press conferences all over the place in San Francisco? The chief in the summer of 2021. So this guy, I think, is a very political animal. And uh, he's hamming it up, and he cannot be trusted. Dan, I appreciate it so much. Thank you, sir. And stay healthy, all right? You can do another 10, maybe even 15 years. Uh, because, uh, yeah, I've been giving that talk, too. i got to go to a plant-based diet. No fun, uh, but necessary for a long life. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That was interesting. There are four desks right outside the uh, studio, four desks in a row. And each one had a banana on the desk, like they had each been issued a banana. Well, what, anyway, um, I went looking for the bananas to find out what the hell the situation was. I can't find any. I uh, would love one. Instead, I got raisins from the um, – and you know what I noticed about sun-made raisins? They still have the girl on the box, and she happens to be white. You know why? Why do we still have the girl on the sun-made raisins box? Because she made the cut. All right. Do you realize in the insanity of uh, summer of 2020 when they started canceling everything and everybody, you know, they canceled Aunt Jemima, the cream of wheat guy. Oh, this is a racial stereotype. We must remove it. Great. Knock yourselves out. Now, the only ones that are remaining are Caucasians, quite frankly, on the boxes of everything. They got rid of the Chiquita banana lady. Now it's just a thing. The only mascots, food mascots that made it are Caucasian. Doesn't that seem... (laughs) The effect of their anti-racism is racist in the strangest way. Um, I, what a, what a, what a silly country, huh? Silly, silly. Uh, and also, I, a guy today told me, you know, this is very much like a third world country. And I didn't know what he was talking about until, well, I went to, I, I got this weird fascination with pens and stationery. And I happened to like, Classic legal pads, like the long ones, you know, the longer ones. And they are harder to find. I've gotten them online, and I've always wanted to go to the stationery store. It's called Phil's Stationery. It's somewhere in Midtown in the in the 40s or 50s, between 5th and 6th, I think. And every time I've gone by, it's closed. Anyway, today I went in, it was open, and I got a bunch of stuff. A couple of – not a bunch of stuff, a couple of pens, a few legal pads, and a notebook. And there was a bit of a line, and they were, you know, he knew the guy. They're talking and talking. I went, ac- I said, please hold this for me. And I went across the street to McDonald's. Then I came back, and he had it all written up for me. How much do you think it was? So I got a, a couple of uh, legal pads, right, um, a notebook, and like three, four pens. How much do you think that cost? Just guess. Diego's in the back. What? Throw out a number. Just guess. Don't try to game the system. How much do you think that would cost? A couple of legal pads. $5. And altogether. So everything costs what? $5? That's what I say. $5. $57. $57. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> that I, and he, I, I, so he started counting them up for me. And he showed me how it actually was 57 So I said, well, I'm not taking any of this. <laughs> I'll take this and I'll take that. Uh, but he explained to me how with the supply chain stuff, and then I'm like, well, what about Amazon? Which is the worst thing, the last thing I should have said to a guy who's running his own mom and pop operation. It really felt bad for that. He's like, try Amazon. It's even more expensive. And these legal pads are hard to find. And, yeah, it, we are becoming like a third world country. I got a friend uh, in uh, Florida. You know what they can't get in the grocery store right now? Bread and milk. Bread and milk. Is this still America? 
Wow. All right. Uh, there's the music. I'll be back in a couple of moments. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Hope you uh, did what I did. I feel so good about it. I voted. Uh, very pleasant experience. I told you about it earlier. I was uh, taken aback by how fl- uh, uh, the, the small the font was on the city ballots. That was very weird. Everybody in the polling place was very nice. I was in and out in about 10 minutes, tops. Um, the pen that was given to me by the New York City Elections Bureau, whatever, uh, disintegrated by the time I left. It was just the cheapest pen ever invented. Uh, what else happened? They gave me a nice sticker. I voted. Uh, I put it on my jacket. And then a couple of blocks later, I felt uncomfortable. What is what business is it of anybody else's? I, it, I felt like it drew attention to me that I did not want. You know, well, how did you vote? You know, something like that. So I took it off. Um, I hope you're doing the same. It is important. You know how we feel. We want Zeldin to win. We want Schumer to lose. Um I voted for Republican, not that I'm a Republican, but Republican straight up and down, and uh, including some guy named Mafia with two Fs, M-A-F-F-I-A. Can we figure out who that guy is and what he's running for in New York Assembly or Council or something like that? Uh, There was one – was there any judges that I voted for? No. Um, And that's all good. Uh, And now it's just a waiting uh, game. And I hope we're going to know by tonight. I wish we were going to know by tonight. I don't think we are going to know by tonight because now it's, you know, these look, they changed the rules way too much. They totally overreacted to COVID. And did you hear that? What's his name? Uh, Fetterman has already sued his own state saying that the electors should be able to accept ballots that are not signed and not dated. That sounds like a problem, doesn't it? Hey, you know, who's in for, uh, a rude awakening. Uh, Max Rose, the timing for this guy has been off. Former Democrat congressman trying to take Nicole Maliotakis out. Now, there's a lot that makes me mad about Nicole Maliotakis, but I can take her a lot more than I can take Max Rose. Yikes, that Max Rose. Too much, too much. And he's just wrong. He's a nice guy, but um, no, uh, not not now. Not Staten Island. Not not this. Not tonight. No way. Um so we're going to wait. We're going to wait. And, oh, I do want to say this about, do you know we have a new fire commissioner? You know, these people used to be giants. Everybody knew the name of the fire commissioner. I remember when I was a kid, it was Joe Hines. Remember Joe Hines? Ran for governor. Um, but, gosh, a major, big player, Joe Hines, the fire commissioner. You know, who is it now? Who was it before? Nobody knows these names anymore. Right after Thomas Von Essen, uh, there was a lot of turnover, and nobody knows who they are anymore. Any of these departments, police, fire. Well, it's a woman named Laura Kavanaugh. Laura Kavanaugh. Good for her. She's the fire commissioner. Should she be the fire commissioner? Of course not. And why do I say of course not? Because I'm looking at her very thin resume. I can't believe they put her in charge of the fire department. Now listen to this. Does this sound like uh does this sound like what you gotta do in life to become the fire commissioner? Head of a huge fire department with ten thousand how many people are in the fire department? Fifteen thousand or so? I mean, very complex job, all these high rises all over the place. What does she know about putting out fires? Before entering city service, Commissioner Kavanaugh worked in management and campaign consulting for nonprofits, community based organizations and unions to advance their organizational goals. 
Sounds like she went to the Barack Obama School of Administrative Science, okay? <laughs> just There's an article about her in the paper, and it's all about, yeah, the first woman this, the first woman, the first woman, the first woman. We don't care anymore, all right? Nobody cares about that stuff. It's what do you bring to the table? And I don't think she brings a damn thing to the table other than she worked with Bill de Blasio as a special assistant. Are you kidding me? I don't know why people will not just speak plainly anymore. So I see this big profile. There's one in the New York Times. I've gone back. I've looked at two now. You know what they don't mention? They don't mention where she went to college. They don't mention what she did with her life. They don't mention, uh, quite frankly, her marital status. These are the things that used to be part of a story. When you get to know somebody, you know what I mean? It's like the second or third thing. So who are you? Who are you? Where do you come from? What do you like? You married? Not married? And just all natural questions. We have a nice person who is a the, the police commissioner. I've never met her. I hear she's very nice. Key Chance Sewell. The New York Times, they used to have this thing, the man in the news. We're going to do a big profile, the man or the woman in the news, right, front page. And it's a big profile because that's a big job being the police commissioner. And all the biographical stuff is handled. You know, that includes where you went to school or where you didn't go to school. Or, you know, just let's learn about you. Where do you live? Who are you married to? Are you single? Are you uh, kids? No kids? It's all it's all interesting. It's just getting to know somebody. None of that was in the profile. They didn't even raise the question. They didn't raise the. Now, why is that? Why are people tiptoeing around all of a sudden? Why? And I looked at the reporters on this uh, Keychan Sewell story, and they were all white women. Do they somehow feel, is that exi- is that exhibiting white privilege, asking where somebody went to college? Is that a thing now? Is that is that is that a sensitive topic? What about the marital status? What about, you know, where they're from? Where, where, where do they live? What's the, why do we, why do we kind of skirt the issue? And I think we're skirting it with this, look, there's no scandal here. They're not covering up anything. Well, her lack of experience for the job, I think, is kind of a glaring that that's potentially scandalous. But forget it. It's all about being a woman. And how do I why do I say that? Because she's sworn in for this job as commissioner of the fire department. Again, pretty significant job. And who's there? You see any firefighters? You see anybody in uniform wearing those hats? No. All I see are about 75 various women. Just women. I, where are the firefighters? You can look at it. Just, just look it up. Laura Cavanaugh sworn in women. Well, there are there are men in the fire department as well, right? I don't know. Too many people are. Um, is it political correctness? I don't know what that is, but it's odd. Here's something else. And this is a little bit of a double whammy. Um, you, know, you can be politically correct in all kinds of different ways. And Don't ever be intimidated, by the way, by somebody in uniform. You can support, you can show respect and appreciation, but you should not be intimidated. And remember, those who serve in government, they serve. They serve us, okay? They serve the people. We do not serve them. And God bless this uh, Josh Hawley guy. You know him? Senator Hawley from Missouri. He's a Republican. Super smart. And I like him. He's brave. Now, keep this in mind. He never served in the military. He never served in uh, the FBI. And that's fine. This is a free country. We can do whatever the hell we want. And guess what? He's a United States senator. And he shares the concerns that I do, that our military is poised potentially to lose the next war to China.
That's how bad our military has become, how weak, how misfocused, how distracted by this woke stuff, diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is, there are only so many hours in the day, folks. You know, we got a radio station here, all right? Imagine if we came in and you, Diego, you were in Denver at a diversity symposium, okay? And uh, where's Chad? Oh, Chad is in a meeting about uh, uh, equity inclusion, right? Okay. Is anybody running the damn radio station? Is anybody running the military? That's the same, That's what's happening with this diversity stuff, this diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the military, God bless them, I wore that uniform myself, and I know the tendency. There are, and above that, let me get back to that. Look, in life, you see suck-ups all over the place, right? Suck-ups, right? I mean, nobody wants to really challenge the boss. That is entrenched. That is ingrained in the military mindset. And when Josh Hawley comes forward and says something like this, he is to be applauded. You hear me? Cut 37, please. Senator Hawley, what's up? In Joe Biden's America, we've got a military that is more interested in pronouns than in winning wars. We've got an FBI, an FBI that is more interested in treating parents as domestic terrorists than in prosecuting real terrorists. Did you ever think you'd live to see the day? In the United States of America, where if you want to go to a school board meeting that, by the way, you pay for, for a school that you pay for, to go talk about the things that your children are learning, if you want to do that and speak up, you get treated as a domestic terrorist? What country is this? That's Joe Biden's America. He's not exaggerating. He is not exaggerating. No way. He is speaking the truth. Now. Uh, the military part. You see, that's that's where they think, oh, wow, we'll get him on that, right? This is what they love to do. Oh, he's supposed to be conservative, therefore he's supposed to be some sort of just knee-jerk, totally support the military no matter what. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, right away I saw Michael, what's his name again? Hayden, the CIA director under George W. Bush, who's now become like this Twitter animal. Like, how dare he say that? I served 40 years in the military, and he didn't. How dare he? How dare he? This is not a, um, we don't have a, a, this is not a junta. We don't have a military control of the government. We shouldn't. You notice they're always hiding behind the uh, the names of the, the men and women in uniform. The men and women, the men and women this, the men and women that. Well, these men and women were not elected to anything. All right. First, let's start with Morning Joe. Oh, uh, Morning. Do we really? Uh, who cares what he thinks? Skip that. But I will do this. Uh, the men and women, whenever you cite the men and women, when somebody does that, the men and women of the Commerce Department, the men and women of the Pentagon, the men and women of the State Department, that's code for unelected bureaucrats. And they work for us, not the other way around. Cut 39. The men and women of the Department of Defense. The flexibility and the professionalism of the men and women of the U.S. military. My faith and confidence in the great work of the men and women of the FBI. The men and women of the Department of Homeland Security. The men and women of uh, the State Department. Wow, the men and women. And we must not do anything to undermine the men and Again, they work for us. And this brings me back to that fire commissioner, because sometimes as the commissioner, as the person in charge, you got to kick a little bit of ass. All right. 
She's never been a firefighter. She doesn't know anything about putting out fires. Does she know a few political tricks? I'm sure she does, okay? Uh, but that's not leadership. And what these folks do, I think what she'll do is kind of give up a lot of the kind of authority that somebody who's in charge is supposed to have. Does that make sense? Anyway, get out and vote. I'll be right back. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, the uh, Greg Kelly show last night uh, was cut off by about 10 minutes because of the Trump rally that was going on at the same time. Always happy to see the stage to Donald Trump. I am relieved that he did not declare last night. I think that would have been a mistake uh, the eve before midterm elections. I I want him to run. It would be great. And I'm glad he didn't declare last night. He's probably going to declare later this month. And you know what? This is still America. And if you believe certain things, we're allowed to say certain things. And I've got doubts about the election of 2020. And so does he. It's not my big issue, but it's one of them. And um, if we're going to make sure, I'd already told you my little weird stuff I saw with the ballot today. Election security is a major issue. And um, this is a totally fine thing to say. Are you ready? Cut 26. Donald Trump last night. Because how do you win an election when you have defund the police, no voter ID, high taxes, open borders, bad military, no money unspent on military? You know, I mean, how do you win elections on this stuff? No more oil, high energy prices. The only way you the only way is you cheat. Okay. No, you said it. Oh my goodness gracious, that could start a riot. No, it can't, and no, it didn't. And no, it didn't. you got to watch my Newsmax show. I show you in meticulous detail. Now, January 6th has been a total con job, total con job. And they let those people inside, not to stop the electoral count, but to stop the objections to the electoral count. Oh, yes, they did. Yes, they did. You know, they pushed January 6th for a year and a half. And guess what? The American people weren't buying it. But one more. One more desperate grasp at January 6th. Nancy Pelosi went on CNN last night to say that whatever the hell happened to her husband, Paul, you bet it, you you guessed it, January 6th related, cut 50. President Biden drew a line between what happened on January 6th and, yeah. and the attack on your husband. The president said, I quote, the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy, where's Nancy? Those were the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th. Do you draw that same line? Absolutely. There's no question. It's the same same thing. And uh, copycat or whatever it happens to be inflamed by the same misrepresentation. But the fact is, right now, it's time for healing. 
We want the country to heal. This is not a path that we can continue on. And we want people to run for office, local, all, in every way. And you can't say to them, you're risking the safety of your families by going forward. There are no guarantees of safety. Wow. Okay, we can't continue like this. But everybody could continue just fine when Lee Zeldin was uh, almost stabbed on a stage. Remember that? Yeah, no problem there. Just no, no, not even worthy of coverage. Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin. What else about this stuff? Now, what she's hinting at, what she's getting at is the talk, our talk, our concerns about fairness, our concerns about you know, anything MAGA somehow is a threat and brought on whatever the hell happened to Paul Pelosi. I don't believe it. I know we haven't been told the whole story. I know it. Nancy, it seems, doesn't even want to know the whole story. What do I mean by that? Listen to this. Cut 47. Have, have you been able to, to listen to the 911 call? No. I haven't been able to listen to that or the body cam, any of that. No. I imagine when it is in the public domain is when I will have a chance to see it. But even then, the physician... Do you want to hear it? I don't think so. Okay, there's a problem with what you just said. Last week, the district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, said that the arrangements had already been made to show the footage to the Pelosi family. And during the interview she was on with CNN, she said, she told Wolf Blitzer that the family is viewing that footage and listening to the tape as we speak. Interesting, right? Now, Nancy will not see that until if and when it's used in a court proceeding. I don't buy it, folks. I don't. Let's see here. Cut 54. It's about time. You know, it's a time for healing, as Ecclesiastes says. It's, Ecclesiastes says the time, and, and there's a time for everything. And this is a time long overdue for healing, uh, to do so in a prayerful and respectful way, uh, to do so open uh, to hearing each other about the future of our country. I do believe that our democracy is in danger because of what the others are saying about undermining elections, even now as we go You see, you see, you see, you see? Granted, Nancy Pelosi is openly lusted about Donald Trump getting punched in the face by her. A time for healing, you say, a time for healing. Look, we're against violence, but we're big boys, big girls, okay? We're adults, we're adults, and we can talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, we'll uh, take a call or two. Uh, Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. How are you? Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good, good, good. What's going on? Well, you know, um, I wanted to tell you that um, Donald Trump gave Joe Biden a new name. His new name is O. Biden. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. And um, I don't get it. I wanted O Biden oh, well, as in like O'Reilly. Obama, like Obama, because Obama is doing everything. So he named him oh. O Biden. O Biden. Huh. All right. Eh, I don't know. I, I like Sleepy yeah. Joe. I prefer Sleepy Joe. What else? Well, I wanted to um, mention, if I may, that um, do you know Nick Adams? What about him? Okay, he is going. He wrote a book called "The Most Dangerous President in History," and that is O'Biden. Oh, Biden, and um, 
He's going to have a book event All right. at that same. Yeah. Yeah. Not All right. Here. And uh, Nick Adams. I can't tell if this guy's for real or not. He seems like a bit of a uh, stuntman, performance artist. I, I, I don't know about him. I, is he the real deal or what? I think he's making fun of. Yeah, he, I don't know. I don't I know about he, this guy. I think, I think he knows. Donald Trump very very well. I, I know. According to him, he does. I mean, uh, yeah, on his on his silly uh, Twitter, it says Donald Trump's favorite author. Uh, I don't. I, I I tend to doubt that. But who that? What do I know? Uh, all right. So look, uh, you want to promote his book event? Go ahead. Where is it? Okay, it's going to be at the um, Women's National Republican uh, Committee at uh, the Calvin Coolidge Library again <sighs> on November fifteenth. November fifteenth. <laughs> All right. I Look, I, I, you know, this is not it's not a community bulletin board, Sandra. I love you. But, you know, I mean, we got other way. It, Nick has other ways of getting the word out. Did you vote? Okay. I certainly did. And I want to tell you one other thing. I went to Sandra. The- you're starting to remind me of Judith in Brooklyn. I'm sorry. What what I love you and I love your brother. But what what's the other thing you want to tell me? I think that's it for today. Oh, no, 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 no. Please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take it all back. Just tell me. Tell me. Tell me. No, no. I went to the dentist on Friday to have a wisdom tooth extracted. I was very, very upset. And the oral surgeon said that while he does it, I could listen to you. And he put it on in the room. As I got to tell you, it was very nice. Oh, that is kind of cool. Thank you. you. I'm glad that happened. Hey, you know what you can also do to take the sting out of it? They still offer laughing gas. Some of the dentists. I got that too. Yeah. Oh I boy. Got that too. It. Uh, whoo. That can hit the spot. Um, it can also bring on panic attacks. <laughs> so you got to be careful with that stuff. Sandra, thank you. Just teasing. And let's do uh, Carol in Queens. Hi. Hi, Greg. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I'm still cracking up from that. From what? Uh oh. Um, what's the matter? No, you, I, 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 you, you dropped off for a second. You're cracking up from what? From that last call. Oh, she's terrific. She's terrific. <laughs> All right, so Carol, I, I love the laughing gas. You know, I, I was thinking about um, what, what might be the reason for that policeman uh, to be so upset that he sounded like he was going to cry and everything. Yeah. And it occurred to me, I know this is probably way out, you know, left field and stuff, but maybe he and um, Nancy's husband used to have a thing. And when he got there, he realized that Nancy's husband had decided upon that other fellow. Well, Carol, we don't know. I, I had I, I, I had a little trouble following exactly what what, what, what your scenario I don't know what was really happening, but I'll tell you this, Carol. Actually, the the important thing for me is it's not really what happened. It's what didn't happen, you know, and what didn't happen is what they're saying happened. And let's hear that chief one more time. Okay, this chief is totally he's laying it on a little bit way too thick here. Big city police chief. Somebody gets cracked in the head and he's about to have an emotional, nervous breakdown in front of everybody. Go ahead. Play it. Our elected officials are here to do the business of their cities, their counties, their states, and this nation. Their families don't sign up for this to be harmed. And it is wrong. (gasps) And everybody should be disgusted about what happened this morning. With that, 
We will take any questions. All right. So you know what? I thought about my dad in this position. All right. Yeah. Big, big city police commissioner for a long time. There's no way he would have gotten choked up about this. None. Zero. Ever. Right? It's just the nature of the business. Did I ever tell you the story? Oh, God. It's kind of a brutal story. Maybe I shouldn't tell it. Oh. Well, so uh, so I'm with my dad, right? And there's some police activity in our neighborhood. This is way back. This is like, I don't know, 10 years ago at least. And um, there's some police activity. And we go down there. And apparently somebody had just jumped out of a window. Right. Committed suicide. Terrible. Anyway, I my father gets out because it's right in his neighborhood to talk to the, I guess, on scene commander. And they're they're talking. And um, after a few moments, you know, I could see my father and my son and I go over there and I'm talking to the on scene commander. My dad actually went and somehow I'm in the conversation with this guy. And he's like, I love you and Roseanne. You guys are the best. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you something. Um Where's the body? And he goes, oh, it's right here. And he, it was right at our feet. It, I didn't see it. It was like on a, a black tarp, and it was at night. It was right there. And he, was, he couldn't believe it. Like, this is cops. They've seen it all. They've done it all. And that goes for this chief, what's his name again, Scott. Because in the next clip, here he is talking about a spree of stabbing, stabbing murders, homicides. Listen to his tone of voice. He knows he's been around the block. He can take it. The police chief says there still is a lot of work to be done turning to the public. You know, these these arrests happen in quick succession, and we wanted to make sure we got that information out, but we also need the public's help. San Francisco has seen 20 homicides so far this year. While we have the public's attention, we want to make sure we take advantage of that, and if anybody has anything that they can provide that helps these investigations or any others, I think it's a good opportunity. All right, wow. If anybody has anything, give us a call. What, why shouldn't we be disgusted by all the stabbing killings in uh, San Francisco? For some reason, he didn't mention that. Carol, something is totally, totally up. I don't know if it's your yeah, theory or not, I but agree. it's something. Yeah, something's weird. Where in Queens well, are I'm, you? Um, I'm in Jackson Heights. Jackson Heights. That's like right in the. Yeah. That's like south of Astoria. I, I got to tell you, for as well as I know the city, sometimes the neighborhoods where they are geographically in the borough is that south of Astoria. You got me. Yeah, you see, you know what I mean, right? Close your eyes and think like where in a borough, where in the borough is the neighborhood? It's sometimes hard to do. And I do this. Hey, let me ask you something. You're in Queens. Have you ever heard of Oakland Gardens? No. Believe it or not. Well, neither had I until a few years ago. It's a neighborhood in Queens. People live there. Who the hell's ever heard of it? Who's ever been there? Um. It's really close to Regal Park. You should just say Regal Park. But anyway, New York is big and complex, and we love it. Carol, thank you so much for calling. And uh, oh, my pleasure. Thank you. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, what else? What else we got? Can I? I'm going to take. Okay, is it time? No. Well, it's not the hell. It's a. It's a weird day. It feels like it's Friday because I'm not doing the Newsmax show tonight. By the way, I am because I'm like I. I am not uh, insulted by this. They usually have the opinion guys take the night off. You know, I, th- I don't think Hannity is on tonight. Um, O'Reilly, back in the day, he wouldn't do Fox News on election. I don't think he would. Definitely not Hannity. So, uh, Mark uh, has something to say about Hackensack. But uh, you're in Hackensack. Bye. Hi, Mark. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. David DePoppy never sees trial. He pleads no contest. 
Pelosi's protected by HIPAA, and therefore all the video, all the audio, all the 911 calls squashed. Well, uh, you're, uh, you're on to something, especially the HIPAA part. Remember, they call this an A-priority well-being check, not a 911 call. And right away, the hair on the back of my neck started doing weird things because why didn't why didn't they call it a nine one one call? And I think that was some funny business to make sure that they could keep this thing quiet, classified, um, unreleasable to the public because of some phony baloney uh, healthcare stuff. That's what I think uh, that was all about. Mark, some very astute observations on your part. Thank you. Uh, and I want to do one more. See what you guys are saying. Peter in Staten Island. Yes, Peter. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Um, The big thing that I would like to talk about is that, uh, as you touched before, what is the big lie? And there is some talk by people that they want to discontinue the January 6th commission, and we have the best opportunity of a lifetime to establish what the big lie is by utilizing a continuation of the January 6th commission under the rules that were established by the Democrats. Meaning, on January 4th, we should establish a January 6th commission that's chaired by Jim Jordan with six other Republicans. And if you can find two Democrats in the Congress that uh, appreciate the value of the Constitution, we include them. Otherwise, we can maybe ask Tulsi to, um, to join so that we have a bipartisan commission and then ask the questions that the old commission members yeah. used to ask. No, I get it. Totally. Uh, look, hey. Ashley Babbitt, how can you kill an unarmed woman on television, have a year and a half of hearings, and don't ask about the woman who was killed? Don't get answers to that. Also, don't get answers to all the people, all the cops we saw letting people inside, opening the doors. Come right in. What the hell is up with this? They're studying what Donald Trump said in a speech, Steve Bannon said in a podcast, but we're not going to confront Bullets entering the neck of Ashley Babbitt? What the hell kind of disgrace was that? And you know what? I'll be I'll be honest with you. There are too many Republicans not making a big enough deal about that woman who was killed. I can't believe it. And I'm going to start now that if we get the if things go the way I think they're going to go tonight, I'm going to demand demand progress. I will. I might even have to go into. Uh, I'm not going to let them off the hook either. Peter, thank you very much. You're right, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, remember Nancy Pelosi talking about healing and all that stuff? Just remember this about Nancy Pelosi, okay? Cut 29. Oh, cut 29. I said I would have punched him out, I would have gone to jail, and I would have been happy to do so. Wow. Talk about that, huh? What kind of example is that, really? That's uh, that's promoting political violence. Imagine if Donald Trump said, you know what, I would like to punch her right in the face. I would, and I'd go to jail, and I'd be happy. I'd be happy in jail. I would just punch her out. That's obviously, I don't think he would even say that. That's a borderline threat. Instead, he says what is obvious to all of us, and it's just an observation. Nancy Pelosi, she's crazy. And she is, by the way. She is insane. She's an insane woman, and I do believe that she's having a uh, meltdown, a meltdown um, because she's about to lose power. And when she loses power, well, 
a lot of things can change. Hey, there was something else that she said in that uh, in that sit down. She said that, uh, oh, Paul Pelosi, when she found out the news about what had happened, um, she was so surprised because she thought it was one of her children or maybe grandchildren. She wouldn't think it was Paul because Paul is not out and about. But we all know that's not true. It was last April, May, when Paul was out and about in the Napa Valley driving around drunk with somebody in the car. And Nancy was in Washington, D.C. So this is a busy boy, and he was out and about. Um, now, was he just a, was a Friday night, too, by the way? Wait, no, it was a, it was a Thursday night. It was Thursday into Friday. Well, that's kind of the weekend is in sight. People are a little bit more kind of recreation-oriented. I don't know what happened in the house. I really actually don't care. I'm not like, you know, I, I need to know exactly what was going on. But I don't know. I just know that we're being screwed with. And I'm just evaluating the, the public statements, and they're not adding up. I am going to be putting out a statement probably the day after tomorrow because the election is going to be a big thing. But I'm going to detail all of the issues that have arisen out of this, uh, all of the inconsistencies in the Nancy Pelosi, Paul Pelosi story. And there's one weird thing after the next. All right. Um, all right. What else do we want to do here? Uh, just remember this. If Republicans win, and if you're one of our few listeners who are uh, freaked out by Republicans, uh, just know that Jim Clyburn, your hero there, there from South Carolina, is an uninformed fool and you have nothing to worry about, actually. And that's what I hope Donald Trump will say to the left at some point. You know, that gay people, trans people, they have nothing to worry about from the right. We like liberty. We like individual freedom. We're not trying to dictate anything. We also do like life. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And nobody's happy right now <laughs> in terms of the direction of the country. Um, but there is a real kind of live and let live component, almost a libertarian thing with a lot of Republicans. And what, if you're, if you're 18 and up, do whatever the heck it is you want to do. Don't break the law. Oh, by the way, I do think we need to have a real conversation about marijuana because our enemies don't let their people get high. China does not have a drug problem. Russia does not have a drug problem. America has a severe drug crisis. Isn't that interesting? We're getting weaker, weaker from within. And it's the left. They seem to like smoking that stuff more than anybody else. I noticed, by the way, um, it doesn't matter how old you are. I know some people in their 50s who smoke pot, and it totally is, well, they think they're fine. They think everything's great. Of course they do. They have no anxiety. They're totally relaxed. You know, a little bit of anxiety is a good thing in life. You need some to keep you moving in the positive direction. You know what I mean, uh, Susan? Absolutely. You're, yeah, because um, a, a little bit of anxiety, it makes you think about what could happen, what you would do, what your contingency plan would be. I mean, if you're just in la-la land, and what you're saying about marijuana that really is striking, especially when I was in Brooklyn, seeing these 12-, 13-year-old kids and cross socioeconomic uh, boundaries, 
they're not even old enough to shave, and they're out there walking down the street uh, smoking, and who knows what's in this stuff anymore. It's apparently more powerful than ever before. It's way more powerful than the stuff like in the 70s and 80s, so it's been tinkered with. Uh, uh, oh, I'm, I'm running out of time. Susan, uh, tell me one more thing, then i got to go. Okay, I voted up here. I'm, you know, living in Steuben County. It's all very orderly. Um, this is um, pretty much MAGA, but we do have a lot of, um, my understanding is that there's um, a lot of um, uh, rhinos up here, too. And sometimes they collude with the Democrats. So we have to still always be vigilant, but I believe we're going to have a big red wave up here. Awesome, awesome. Steuben County. Who knew there was a Steuben County in New York? Actually, I knew that, but... You know, there's so many counties, and uh, we know you love it up there at the Finger Lakes. It's a really pretty place. Thank you, Susan, very, very much. Let's do one more. we got Sal in Long Island. Yes, Sal. Greg, thank you very much. Did you notice that uh, this January coming, since 1967, after, after 55 years, there will be no Clinton, no Bushes, no Cheneys, no... Uh, uh, no Pelosi and hopefully no Schumer. And this is the power of Donald Trump. Yeah, it kind of eradicated all of those guys. You said, did you say 1967? Since 1967, no Cheney's, no Bushes, no Clintons, uh, no McCain's, and no, and for sure, no Pelosi and hopefully no Schumer. I'm very impressed that you said 1967. Because George H.W. Bush was elected to the House of Representatives in 1966, and he took office in 1967. And I think you're right. Wow, Sal, that's pretty impressive. Thank you, sir. One more thing. One yeah. more thing. Quick. I will die to see you and Eric Adams on the debate stage. And uh, and uh, and uh, what's his name? Um, the last governor. I forget his name. Last governor. Uh the New York governor. Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo. Why nobody has a bowl to ask him a tough question when he comes in 77 WD7? He's the guy who said that law enforcement are a bunch of thugs. He, he said that? Said well, that, he's not going to say it to me. I guarantee you that. Look, he's no longer in office. What are you going to do? You know, uh, he can think whatever he wants now. Um Anyway, look, guy, thank you, Sal. Thank you, Andrew, Eric. I'm sorry I'm out of time. I have the night off. What the hell am I going to do? I'm going to watch TV like everybody else, I guess. Uh, well, thank you very, very much. Uh, at Greg Kelly USA on Twitter. Oh, do me a favor. Seriously, I could use your help on this. My book is available now wherever books are sold. Well, uh, you got to pre-order it. It comes out in January. Uh, I'd really appreciate it if you got a copy because uh, if I sell enough books, quite frankly, I'll be able to write another book. And I think this book will help change the country for the better. I'll see you later. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.